we must start from scratch to build the kingdom of God by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. There are two different sources of wisdom or knowledge that the Bible refers to. One, it speaks of the knowledge of God, and two, that of Satan. The kingdom of God will obviously be established through his knowledge, just as this world we now live in was brought into being through the wisdom Eve chose from the adversary. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, food for thought, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, he appeared as a beautiful angel of light. She took of its fruit and ate, swallowed his lies. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Since all of us are descendants of Adam and Eve, you can see why this world is fallen apart. The above scripture reveals the knowledge it evolved from. God's opinion of this wisdom is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18-20. through 20. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, the age after the fall of mankind, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. This is the wisdom behind the systems of men, their governments, educational and banking systems. Yes, even their religion, as God's truth is filtered through their intellect with the wrong knowledge as its base. Now changing direction a little, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 21, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. He said it again to the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verse 13, As you believe, so let it be done for you. If our belief is in Satan's knowledge, how can we ever build the kingdom of God? The word believe means personal trust. So in keeping with what Jesus said, which knowledge is it that we have personal trust in? You see, our choice of knowledge determines how we will react and the end result will be in line with the laws governing the knowledge we believed in and therefore chose. So we will be under the law of God if we function from His wisdom or the physical laws of this world, if we choose the world's wisdom. As an example, let us look at the story of Lazarus in John, the 11th chapter. In verse 11, Jesus speaks from God's knowledge. John, chapter 11, verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I may wake him up. In the kingdom, death is a state of dormancy. In this world, it is a finality. In verse 12, we see his disciples reasoning from the world's knowledge. John chapter 11, verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. In verse 14, Jesus speaks from the world's perspective and understanding so they could comprehend what God was getting ready to do 
to reveal His sovereignty and glory. John chapter 11 verse 14 Then Jesus said to them plainly, in the understanding of this world, Lazarus is dead. In verse 21 and 22, Martha believes in the Lord with her heart, but she still thinks through the world's knowledge. John chapter 11 verses 21 and 22. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She does not understand. Life is in him. In 25 and 26, Jesus speaks totally from God's kingdom perspective. John chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In 27, we see she loves him, but just doesn't get it. John chapter 11, verse 27. She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. She didn't see that in him was the fullness of the Godhead. In verse 39, we see a perfect example of two different reactions based on the two different sources of knowledge. John chapter 11, verse 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus says, Take away the stone. Martha says, You can't. He smells by now. He's been dead four days. He had just told her he was the resurrection and life. As we read 40 through 44, we will see that the impossible things of this world can reverse, have a totally different reality because of kingdom thinking. The Lord's knowledge triggered reactions based on what He believed in. John chapter 11 verses 40 through 44 Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him, and let him go. Understand that I'm not saying to deny that a situation is real. Lazarus was very much dead. But I'm saying there are two different databases to react to the situation from. A solution from the world's knowledge will be good sometimes, as its source is both good and evil. But from the kingdom's knowledge, 
We can believe for perfectly calculated answers to our problems every time, because all things were actually determined by God before the earth was formed. As we choose this knowledge, we enter God's predestined plan and therefore rest in what He has already done for us. This is explained in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9-10. through 10. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, See, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. Here is another example of two different thinking processes. One developed from God's wisdom, and the other, the world's. Reacting according to kingdom laws, Jesus needed to cross over an expanse of water, so he simply walked on it to get on the other side. No big deal. Peter actually walked on the water also by simply obeying the word of the Lord. Come. But then his flesh caused him to see this realm. The elements began to frighten him because he returned to his mind, to the world's knowledge. He reasoned from his past database. Fear and doubt set in, and he began to sink. Same waves, same conditions. Jesus walked easily on the water. Peter sank. Both Peter's sinking and Jesus walking were real. It was the knowledge and the laws that back it that triggered the reaction of the two men that made the end result so different. The laws governing this world backed Peter's logic, causing his failure, while the laws of the kingdom backed Jesus' success. Peter did not glorify God in his ability, but Jesus did. He proved God's knowledge and law superior by overcoming the physical laws of this realm. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, God plainly says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor the flame scorch you. The laws of this world would differ, but whose report do we believe? Jesus brought the kingdom to this planet through his belief in what the Father said. The Father prophesied it through Isaiah. Jesus believed, acting on it, and as a result, he set the precedent, and now it stands as a law on this earth for all that believe. We can do the same. If God says it, and we act on it in belief, and it manifests, to God be the glory that his knowledge, his word, his law superseded that of the world, and it now stands as a precedent for others. Nothing is impossible with God. Isn't it exciting to know that little by little, as the laws of God are established on the planet through us, God's kingdom grows, and we're set free from the restrictions of this world. The Bible calls it the law of liberty in James chapter 1, verse 25. Can you see why the enemy does his best to produce rebels, lawless ones? He shapes people to do things their way and closes their minds to truth. He sure does not want us to learn of God's promises or trust His covenants. The last thing He desires to see happen is the laws God obeyed or established, and He will block God's truth any way He can. 
He fully understands this world will be replaced with God's kingdom if he fails. So as the end approaches, the adversary is stepping up the attack on humanity, trying to cause as many to fall away from God as possible. These rebels form a body of people Satan can work through an attempt to bring the rest of humanity into submission and continue his rule. But God is busy raising up his body, and greater is he in this body than he that is in the world. God and Satan contended with one another through the human race. Antichrist against Jesus Christ, the son of perdition against the Son of God through us. We see this foretold in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4 and 7 through 12. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the fallen away comes first. The lawless rebels, Satan's puppets, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, the body of Satan, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God. We are God's temple, showing himself that he is God. The body of Satan rules this world, sets its standards, culture, lifestyles, and pleasures, all of which are ungodly. The same spirits that have operated against God's people throughout the ages are operating through the masses of the do-it-my-way generation of today. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains the Holy Spirit will do so until he, Jesus, is taken out of the way, back to the Father. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, through prophecy and the word of his people's testimony and destroy with the brightness of His coming, the light of truth, the Word, the law through the body of Christ. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, the body of Satan, and with all unrighteous deception, the lawless that do not want to hear truth will believe the lie, told by the world's churches, they are okay, but look at their end among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They love the old knowledge and the old ways. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion. Truth will no longer be offered that they should believe the lie that they are all right with God, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In closing, there are two different kinds of knowledge backed by two different sets of laws with completely opposite sources they are at total odds with one another. If we are unwilling to let go of the knowledge that runs this world and take pride in our intellect that has been spoon-fed the enemy's wisdom since infancy, then unfortunately we are in harmony with those that make up the body of Satan. To be in harmony with the kingdom and a part of the body of Christ, we must feed truth, God's wisdom to our hearts and minds. The laws of God are there to back His word. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, 
says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Mankind has to come full circle, back to the beginning of man, and to the knowledge he operated through before the fall. We must start from scratch to build the kingdom.